Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, where food bloggers come to get their fill of the latest tips, tricks, and insight into the world of food blogging. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll provide you with the tools you need to add value to your blog, and we'll also ensure you're taking care of yourself because food blogging is a demanding job. Now, please welcome your host, Megan Porta. Eat Blog Talkers. Hey, how are you? I am so excited to talk a little bit today about diversifying revenue streams because this is a very relevant topic for food bloggers right now, currently in September 2020, especially. First, though, if you would head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review eBlog Talk, I would be so grateful. It literally takes two minutes to do this. Those two minutes of your time are so appreciated. And they also add value here at eBlog Talk. So thank you. I'm really so grateful for every single person who takes the time to do this. One more thing before we dive into diversifying. If you have not yet joined the new amazing community that we just launched, go do it. You will find so much value inside, including connecting with other food bloggers in a much deeper way, having access to all kinds of exclusive value, such as bonus podcast episodes, mastermind groups, challenges to keep you on track, and a resources and service providers directory, and really so much more than that. If you sign up by the end of August, you can be part of the first session of mastermind groups. So this is not something you want to put off. Go to eatblogtalk.com for more information, and we cannot wait to see you inside. On to the topic at hand and why you're here listening today, diversifying revenue streams. As you are all very well aware, 2020 has been an interesting and at times unexpected and disappointing year. As bloggers, we've kind of been tossed all over the place with abrupt traffic changes, and for some, that meant revenue changes as well and not always in our favor. The current climate is just so different and constantly changing. So it's been a little bit more difficult to predict revenue, as you might know, especially for bloggers who rely solely on ads. For me personally, as a food blogger, it has been a bit of a scary stretch because I almost solely rely on ads for my revenue and that has been the case for many, many years. So I have been scrambling this year to figure out how to diversify my revenue streams. I think a lot of you are in the same boat, so I thought it would be worthwhile to record an episode on this topic as a way to brainstorm and figure out ways to branch out. Because we are food bloggers, and food bloggers know how to be resourceful, and also how to get things done. I am going to talk through the list I came up with, but please feel free to add to the list on the show notes post if you have additional ideas. You can find that at eatblogtalk.com forward slash diversify. Number one, ad revenue. Ad revenue is most food bloggers' most prized source of income because this is where a lot of us get started. Once we reach a certain amount of monthly page views, most of us find an ad network to help get advertising up on our blogs. And after that, the revenue starts coming in for us. Earning money this way really is a long game. And if you look back over time, you should see a steady progression of increased revenue. The more posts on our blogs, the more opportunity for eyeballs and also traffic. And this quickly becomes a sort of passive revenue stream for us which is why so many of us like it and rely on it. We can continue doing what we love, which is creating content and sharing it with the world, 
while traffic and revenue hopefully increase over time, which is great in theory, right? Assuming that traffic is always going to be around and not fluctuate very much. What happens though when we start depending on that traffic and revenue and then a Google algorithm knocks out over half of our traffic or more? Scenarios like this have happened to a lot of us recently, myself included, and they are not fun things to experience. They are jolting reminders that we need other streams of income in our lives. We cannot solely rely on our blog traffic because especially as the food blogging space gets more and more competitive, the major platforms like Pinterest and Facebook and Google can uproot our traffic in a split second. Number two, ebooks. We have all of this quality content that we've created and delivered to our audience, but what if we grab bits of that content and repackage it into the form of an ebook? Or what if we create exclusive new content and put it into an ebook? Whether you repurpose or create from scratch, ebooks are another way to deliver your amazing content to your current audience or even a new audience. Start by coming up with three topic ideas for ebooks that you would love to create. Poll your people and ask them to pick one of the three ebook ideas. Most likely, there will be an overwhelming vote for one of the picks, so you'll know what content to focus on. If you don't know where to start with putting an ebook together, join the email list at ebooksPro.com. Kelly McNellis delivers valuable information for free that will help steer you in the right direction. She also has a paid course you can take if you're really serious about diving into the world of ebook creation. And if you haven't already, go listen to Eat Blog Talk episode 107, where Kelly talks through the process of ebook creation. She's amazing and she has a lot of great, valuable information. Once created, ebooks can be a really great stream of passive income. Number three, courses. Like ebooks, courses can also be a great stream of passive income. Start by pinpointing one big problem your audience has and solve it in a course. Courses can be video-based or text-based, and you can start really small just to get your feet wet. Once you find a topic and a delivery method that fits your audience's needs, as well as your personality, like your own personality, you can expand and experiment beyond that. Listen to episode number 104 to hear Jason Logsdon speak about how to create great foodie courses. He offers such great advice for bloggers who are creating courses for the first time. Number four, affiliate marketing. Joining affiliate programs as a food blogger can be a really nice source of additional revenue. The main affiliate network a lot of us have tapped into is the Amazon Associates program. The application process is super easy, and since it is Amazon, bloggers can promote literally any product under the sun and earn a percentage when people purchase it. With this program, I personally have found the most success when I study my earnings reports and see which products people are purchasing. I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. I have a recipe on my blog for instant pot cake. Obviously, you need an instant pot if you plan to make this recipe, but I assume anyone who clicks over to the recipe already has an Instant Pot. You also need a six-inch round cake pan to make the recipe, which is something that most people do not have, probably. So guess which Amazon product I advertise heavily inside this post. 
This cake pan is the top selling Amazon product on my blog, hands down. My advice is to put some thought into which products you put on your blog and study your earnings reports. In addition to Amazon, many other companies now have affiliate programs that bloggers can join. Start by looking around your kitchen. Find three to five appliances, kitchen tools, or food products that you absolutely love and use all the time. Then Google Product X affiliate program and see if there is a program available. If so, apply and start promoting. I will add a disclaimer here that I am definitely not an affiliate expert, but I've talked to experts about this topic and they say this, only promote the products you know and love and do not dive into too many at once. Number five, email marketing. Email is such a great way to not only connect with your audience, but also to sell to your audience. The previous three revenue opportunities that I mentioned, so ebooks, courses, and affiliate marketing can all be offered to your audience through email. Building up a solid email list is something many bloggers push aside, but there's a lot of value in focusing on this part of your business. Once you start building a list, send out regular communications with your people, building up that trust and that authority, and then start offering them the things that you've worked really hard to create. This includes things like your blog content, which is free, and maybe other freebies that you have created, but don't be afraid to offer paid products to your followers as well. If they trust you and they like you and they see you as an authority figure in a specific area, they will buy from you. Listen to episode 114, where Matt Mullen talks about the importance of building an email list. He is far more eloquent on this topic than I am, so you really do have to listen to him and hear him talk about it. Number six, meal planning apps such as Prepare. There are a lot of, quote, recipe sharing sites out there that bloggers have been really burned by in the past. I refuse to mention their names here. So I do understand the hesitance to check out sites like Prepare, but let me tell you how much I love Prepare. It is a free meal planning app, platform, and social network all in one, and the entire platform was created by a food blogger. So made by and made for food bloggers and our users as well. The recipes from your blog automatically get transferred to the Prepare platform where you can store all of your favorite recipes and then deliver them to your audience in one perfect little spot and you can package them in different ways. You are in control of that. This is a really great app for your end user because it is easy to navigate and also to use and Prepare offers ad-free experiences as well. And the best part for us, bloggers can earn revenue through their platform. Listen to episode number 79 to hear Natalie talk about the platform and also episode 125 for details about how to create digital cookbooks within Prepare to offer to your audience, which is another revenue opportunity in itself. Number seven, sponsored work. Working with brands is another way to earn revenue. Once you start gaining blog and social media traction, brands may start reaching out to you to do sponsored work, but you must choose carefully. Do not say yes to every offer that comes your way because in order for sponsored work to be successful, you really do have to be sincere about the product or the service that you are sponsoring. 
Much like affiliate marketing, it is wise to look around your world and just take inventory of the products and services you use often in your life, your real life, and that you truly, sincerely love and stand behind. Those are the things you should pour your heart into when it comes to sponsored work because the authenticity will definitely shine through to your audience. If you aren't sure how to go about seeking partnerships, consider Alyssa Brantley's quote, pantry pitch advice. I love that term from Eat Blog Talk episode number four that really digs into working with brands. If you want to learn about how to price your work and build long-term relationships with brands, also listen to episode 30 with Allie Kelly. Number eight, contributorships. Contributing to other blogs is another way to earn revenue. Especially if writing is a strength of yours, this is a really great avenue to explore. There are bloggers who want to place a focus on publishing as much content as they possibly can and also just growing their businesses in new big ways, which means they probably need help behind the scenes to make those things happen. Keep your eyes peeled in the food blogging groups and forums for bloggers looking for contributors. Or if there is a blogger whose work you especially admire, peek at their blog to see if they have contributors already. If so, apply to be one yourself. There is nothing wrong with that. If you can't tell if a blog has a current contributor lineup, it doesn't hurt to just reach out and ask them. Include URLs for a handful of your best articles or blog posts that you're really proud of so they know up front that you are taking it seriously. For more information about taking the leap into contributorships, listen to episode 87 with Jessica Formicola. Number nine, freelance work. Because you are a food blogger and you have a lot on your plate, you know how many moving parts there are in this world. You also know that not every moving part is something that you enjoy doing, right? So it is safe to assume that just about every other food blogger out there has tasks on their plates that they would rather not be doing and that they would rather outsource as well. Consider your own personal strengths and passions and do those things for other bloggers. Things to consider would be video creation and or editing, photography, recipe testing, recipe development, keyword research, copywriting, social media planning and or scheduling, graphic or web design, email marketing campaigns, and there really is so much more. Places to announce that you are offering your services. I will put a plug here for the Eat Blog Talk community uh, resources and service pro- providers directory, which is inside of the EBT community that we just launched. And there are other groups out there as well made specifically for food bloggers that you are probably a part of. Announce it in there and just let people know that you are looking for work and that you're offering your services. Number 10, make and sell physical products. Also consider having a physical product made that you know would resonate with your audience. Glance around your kitchen and within your blog to gather ideas for this. Maybe there is a taco seasoning your followers ask you about all the time, or maybe there's a silicone mitt that is shown in a lot of your food photography. Think of ways to put your own spin on a product, then figure out how to develop it or put your logo on it and offer this to your audience. In episode number 37, Barbara Hobart talks about creating custom products and offers really great advice about how you can dive into this as a way to diversify your income. 
And in episode number 43, Kate Hansen talks about starting a Kickstarter campaign to get your product out into the world. That is the end of my list, food bloggers. I hope this episode has helped to spark a few ideas for you so that you can have more than one source of revenue to rely on. And also, so any upcoming Google or Pinterest or anything else updates don't sink you and don't worry you and so that you can move forward with more confidence. Thank you so much for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you next time. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.